It is such an honor. You may have your seats. It is such an honor to be here tonight. Um, as we've said multiple times tonight, as Pastor Daniel went on with the church, I was uh, given this great honor of filling in for him. And, uh, and it's, um, it's encouraging. Amen. We love you, Pastor. If uh, probably online and all of the, all of those of you who are online, um, we love you. It's good to he- to um, be here, to have you with us. And um, as Pastor Daniel always says, if you could be here, maybe you should be here. Amen. <laughs> if you're fishing, may the Lord bless you with many, many fish. Hallelujah. So. Um, it is a great honor, as I was saying, and got distracted by myself, um, to be here. Um, as I mentioned before, I pastored the, the work in Eagle River. We started on March 5th of this year, holding our Sunday services, and it's been a blessing. Amen. We've seen uh, people come in, get, you know, get changed, get born again. And, it, and it's a great, it's encouraging. Amen. Because sometimes um, we do things for the Lord, and you may not see a return right away, or, it, you know, whatever it may be. But God is working in our lives. Amen. God is doing things where we don't see, where we can't reach. He's reaching into these places. There's going to be a suddenly of God. And I believe for Eagle River, you know, there's going to be a suddenly of God. And then everything is going to come into place. Amen. Just for our lives and also as we are building that facility up there, we believe that God is going to do great and mighty things through our lives there and through you. Amen. Every single one of you here, um, the Lord could be using. Amen. Praise God. And wants to be using. So I want to read a scripture um, in Romans 13. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. In Romans 13, 8 through 14. Um, let's, uh, would you stand please for, to honor the, the word of the Lord? And I'm going to pray and read and we're going to get going. So, Father, we give you thanks for tonight. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me, God, that it would not be my words, but that you would anoint me, Lord, to say what you want to say, that lives will be changed tonight, God. The point of us being here is to see restoration and to see life change, Lord, that endures until your coming. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. So Romans 13, 8 through 14. If you're there, say amen. amen. Praise God. That's a lot of amens. So uh, if you're not there, hurry up, but take your time. (laughs) So Romans 13 says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's laws. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Verse 11, this is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we were first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling, quarreling and jealousy. Instead, close yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Amen. Wow, you may take your seats. What an amazing word. What an amazing scripture. But um, the thing that I wanted to talk about tonight is that um, time is running out. Amen. Um, 
the Lord created the whole earth and everything, right? We read in Isaiah 66. And, um, and there's a time that Jesus came because man fell away, right? Sinned. Jesus came and restored all of that. And he would be coming back again, he said. And that time is soon. Amen. We don't have maybe another 100 years. We don't have maybe 20 years. Some of you maybe don't have 10 more years, maybe one years. No one is guaranteed the day of tomorrow. What we know is that time is running out, and today is the day of salvation. So if today you hear the Lord speaking to you, respond. Amen. Do not resist. Do not cover your ears, but respond to what the Lord is saying to you. Hallelujah. So time is running out, and the time of the coming of the Lord Jesus' return is soon to be. And, you know, what are you doing about it? That is a question in there, right? What are you doing about the fact that Jesus is going to be returning soon? And um, it says in the scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love yourself or the neighbor as yourself because then you'll be fulfilling the commandments. Now, I want to just um, define that a little bit because nowadays, you know, love is, has its own definition. It has shifted from what it really means, right? It doesn't mean the... The huggy kissy stuff that we see on, you know, movies and stuff like that. That's not love. You know, or, you know, some of us love peanut butter, right? It's not that kind of love. You know, you can't, if you love your neighbor like you love peanut butter, you know, um, you either really love peanut butter, or, <laughs> but I don't know that you'd be fulfilling God's commandment by that. Anyway, so love here that he's talking about is, you know, it's agape. Not just a love in words, but it's a love in deed, right? In action. It's a love that, sh that is being worked out, that is being lived out. You know, I had a, a psych professor once that said that um, love is unconditional positive regard. And that sounds great, right? So how is God's l love different than that? How is, it, how is it that God loves us? It is coupled with action, Right? It is not just affectionate admiration that some definitions are where you're like, wow, you know, I love uh, peanut butter. It's, you know, you, you like something, but it's not like a, you're not willing to die for peanut butter. And if you are, you know, um, praise God, you must really like it, like I said. Hallelujah. So it's coupled with action. You know, and to love, it is to take action, right? It's correspondent with the words expressed to the loved. So if I say, I love my wife, you know, then I married my wife. I loved Rosie, then I married her. We became, you know, one, as the Bible says, you know, and I die every day just to praise God and to please my wife, right? Yes? Can I get an amen from the front row? She's a hard one. Hallelujah. So, you know, to love is to take action. Right? Where do we see that exemplified? In God. You know, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that all who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So love is not self-serving. No, it's not about number one, as we hear a lot. Right? It's definitely not about that. You don't prefer yourself before the one you are professing your love to. Right? But rather, you want to bless them first. You want them to be first. You want them to be um, taken care of before you are. Right? It is action. Say action. Action. Right? If somebody tells you, oh, baby, I love you, 
looking at my wife, you know, and they, they don't do anything for you. You don't see them. You know, they don't bless you. They don't do nothing for you. Maybe they don't love you. Hallelujah. Just think about that. Ephesians 5.20 says, 25, 5.25 says, For husbands, this means love your wives. Amen. Just as Christ loved the church. Ouch. He gave up his life for her. Right? So when we, when we marry, and this is, you know, for all the young people out there who are still going to get married, um, for all of you who are waiting on that, on the one, you know, for all of you who are not sure you married the one, um, too late now. But praise God, you know, <laughs> um, if you're, you know, if you know somebody and they say they love you, but they're mistreating you, they're, they're hitting you, they're not, you know, taking care of you, they're not with you, they're not going through things with you, right? It's, it's like we see it, we're in the, uh, the shack up generation, right? Or this time where everybody's like, oh, I love you. I met you three weeks ago. Let's go live together. It's more of a convenient thing because like homie don't have a place to stay. So it's like, oh, you have a house. How about, you know, I love you, you know? But don't, you know, we can't be fooled by that, right? Because love is sacrificial. Love is an action. When you love somebody, you're gonna do something for them, right? When, I love my wife. And she says, jump. And I says, <laughs> depends, no, how high, right? Sometimes, you know, and it's the other way around as well, right? I don't say jump to her because I die. <laughs> she's, a, she's a Latina, right? She's Brazilian. So, you know, you got to be careful with uh, Latina women because they're tough, right? And I married one of the toughest and most beautiful women in the entire world. Praise God for me. I'm lucky. I'm blessed, actually. So love is intrinsically hitched to the surrender of life, right? If you really love somebody, you're going to surrender your entire life to that person. And that's what Jesus did. For, that's what God did. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. It was the best of himself he gave to us. For one reason only, so that we who were in sin, who, we, who were away from him because of what our own fault, because of what Adam did, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of all of that, and God saw it, he, and he loved us, and he wanted us for himself, he sent his best for us. Amen? Jesus Christ. So if somebody ain't giving you the best of their, themselves, maybe they don't love you. Just throwing that out there. Romans 12, 11 says, Revelations, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. And this is speaking of a reciprocal love unto the Lord, right? Because when we love God, you know, we're going to be changed. When we accept the love that he has loved us first, and we start walking in communion with him, there is a change. Amen? There is a change in us. We don't stay the same. If you think that you're a believer and that you're saved, but your life has not changed, and you know nothing has happened differently, you can't see on the inside or on the outside what's happened on the inside, you know, maybe, just maybe, you know, you need to relook at your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. What an encouraging message, right? So Matthew 16, 24 to 25 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, 
you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Jesus said, if you love me, do my commandments. Amen? So when we come into a relationship with a God that loved us so much, it requires us to surrender ourselves to him and make him fully Lord of our lives. Amen? He wants to bless us. He wants to enrich us. He wants us to have great health. He wants to heal us. That's what Jesus says. Go, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. Amen? And that's how we are supposed to be living as believers. But our lives need to be fully surrendered to the Lord before we can start enjoying these things. Amen? We're going to talk about that a little bit later. So what is Jesus' commandments to his disciples? And in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. So God has called us for a purpose. He has called you for a purpose. Purpose. Look to the purpose person sitting next to you and say, God has called you. God has called you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you. You, and you, and you, and you. All of us, we all have been called by the Lord for a specific purpose. Amen? And um, we are called, it is not a suggestion. You know, the Great Commission, it is not a suggestion. Right? If you love me and you, you know, you think about it, and if you want, go ahead, make disciples. No. Go and make disciples. Right? That's what he told the disciples. It's a commandment. And we are called to be witnesses of Jesus. You know, and our love for God obeys. Who are you witnessing to? You know, who are you witnessing to? You know there are some folks in here that, you know, witness to everybody they can. But who are you specifically? Who am I witnessing to is a question we want to ask. Because if we don't share about our faith, you know, you know when you meet the one, you want to tell everybody about how awesome they are? I met a great gal, right? I'm, you met a great woman, whatever. You know, you want to tell them about it. You want to tell, you know, at least you're one of your friends. So who are you witnessing to? Are you telling your best friend? Even that person who closest to you, are you at least telling them about Jesus, about what God has done for your lives? Because there's a secret. When you tell people what God has done for your lives, it actually strengthens you. Right? Just as in Revelation, they overcame by the word of, our, of their testimony. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. So share about your faith. Witness. Tell somebody about Jesus. And that is going to change their lives and is going to start changing your lives. Because then the life of God is going to start flowing through you in a greater measure, in a greater quantity. Quantity. Hallelujah. And then the things that seem to be so difficult to do, so difficult to follow through, like, you know, not stealing any cash in people's wallets. It's like, wow, I don't need to do that anymore. Praise God. We are set free as we walk in the Lord. Amen. And as we witness, we are empowered by him. I'm using some extreme examples. Praise God. So um, God calls us. We are called to be a witnesses. And if we love God, we obey. Amen? They say, oh, sorry, pastor, I don't do that. I don't talk to people. No problem. Say, no problem. If you don't like talking to people and if you don't like to witness, there's a solution for that. And it's called the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This is Holy Ghost night. Amen? So when we are empowered by the Holy Ghost, you know, we witness. Amen? Um, 
as uh, Pastor Daniel said the other week, God doesn't send you out with lint in your pockets. Amen? When he sends you out to get the milk, when he sends you to do something, he goes with you. So when the Lord, when we witness to people, we are inviting the Holy Spirit to witness alongside of us. Amen? Acts 1.8. If you need the Holy Spirit... Acts 1.8 says, Jesus said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, it begins with a, um, a, a small step, right? You take small steps when you first, okay, I'm going to witness. You know, don't get a megaphone and go out in Mozilla Lake, you know, and just when there's people all over the beach. Or maybe you want to do that. Go for it, right? Tell people about Jesus. Tell somebody. But, you know, maybe tell somebody closer if you're afraid. And build that boldness and start experiencing the, the joy of the Lord, the power of God flowing through. It's like, whoa, it's amazing. You know, sometimes when we're sharing the word and his presence is like, oh, yeah, he's, he's witnessing alongside of us. And his presence comes in and start changing. And then all the things in us sometimes, the sadness, the, 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 the problems that we have, they are dwarfed in the presence of God. Amen. And this, you know, when we witness and we have the power of the Lord, it is not just so that we can, you know, have more people come to church. Yes, praise God. But it's also that the kingdom of God is expanded through our hands. And we see lives being changed, lives that are sick, that are dying, that have no hope. Amen. You know, you tell somebody something, just be, you know, something nice. I remember I used to work um, at this uh place that you know, was a warehouse for copiers. And um, you know, I was 19, 20 years old, very smart alecky. Um, <laughs> I'm a little older now, and sometimes that kind of gets me still. But anyway, um, so I you know, just say things to people. And, um, and one time, I started telling people, great job. I'm going to give you a raise. I was like, you know, like there's the totem pole, like the very low rung of the totem pole. That's where I was. I couldn't give anybody a raise. You know, so to me, that was hilarious. Because, you know, here's the guy who can't do anything for you. Like, hey, man, you're doing a great job to everybody that walked past me. I'd say, hey, you're doing a great job. You know what? I'm going to give you a raise this next pay period. And people would just like look at me and be like, wow, that is so weird. You know, but it was funny because, you know, I was having a blast doing that. Because people were like, wait, what? You know, it was funny. But, you know, at one point, um, somebody was walking by and I said, hey, man, you're doing a great job. I'm going to give you a raise. And that person stopped and was like, thank you. I was like, whoa, what was that? What was that? You're speaking life into people. Amen. And, may, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, the, you know, the Lord used a donkey back in the Old Testament, you know, and me and my smart alecky and trying to be funny way, you know, bless somebody. Even though I wasn't even thinking that way, my thoughts were way down here on earth. Praise God. But God can do things, you know, through us that we cannot. That is not by our strength. It is by the Holy Spirit inside of us. Right? So when you witness, witness to your friend who's already a believer and see what their reaction is. Who knows? Maybe they'll get saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. Um, so, um, Pastor Daniel says, I've heard it before, I think, if you say you have the Holy Ghost, but you don't witness, there may be something wrong with your salvation. Right? If we're saved, if we're really, truly living alive, and we have this great gift of the Lord, 
Why are we sharing it with anybody? Why aren't you sharing it? Maybe you are. Praise God. So there is no Switzerland in heaven in the kingdom of God, right? What does that mean? Um, I'm talking about in sharing the kingdom of God. There is no Switzerland. And that is, um, talks about that during both world wars in Europe, you know, where Switzerland is, I think, you know, they kept the stance of armed neutrality. <laughs> You know, where they didn't want to go to war. I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to get involved in the, conf in the conflict, you know, where everybody's getting killed and putting these gas ovens and everything, all that conflict was going on. We're not going to get involved, but they sent all their troops to their borders. And if anything tried to come over, they would, you know, obviously try to stop them. And they kept armed neutrality, it's called. And they're in the kingdom of God, there is no such thing. If you're a believer and you walk in the world and you do the things of the world, you're not a believer. You are in word, but not in deed. All right? You want to accept the gift of God that he has for us, right? And salvation and not go to hell, praise God, you know, but not not to walk fully in the kingdom of God. There's so much more for us in the kingdom of the Lord than just not going to hell. That is a big bonus, praise God. But there's life. There's life greater, in greater measures, in greater measures. You know, where you see someone who's suffering and you can speak to them and pour into their lives and command the, the devil to get out of them, and he does. Amen? There's so much greater. There's pleasures forevermore in the presence of the Lord. You know, there are things that when you get in the presence of the Lord and you worship and you seek Him and you are in that relationship with Him, walking with Him, that you will never experience in any other way. In any other way, no matter what it be. Hallelujah. So back to Switzerland. There is no Switzerland in the kingdom of God. You know, there is no neutrality. Hallelujah. In Exodus um, 15, 13 says, The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Amen. So God is, a, you know, there's no such thing. There's no neutrality if you're, if you're a believer. You either believe God and you are in his kingdom or you don't believe God and you are on the outside. If you're in the kingdom of God or you're not. There's no neutrality. There's no no man zone and all those special things about it. In the, in the Old Testament, there's a, a, um, uh, a passage that talks about the, the people of Meroz. And it was during a war that um, they took that stance of neutrality and they were cursed. You know, and it's called the, the cursing of the uncommitted. You know, Israel sinned, you know, after Moses took him out, you know, brought him out of, the, the, of Egypt. And then Joshua, you know, helped him, you know, to conquer into the lands of Israel, right? All those victories and everything. So after Joshua dies, you know, God started raising up judges. So whenever Israel would sin, God would send judgment upon them, right? So another king, other kings would come and start, you know, stealing their stuff and oppressing them until they finally realized, oh, wait, we have a God who's on our side, who loves us, who took us out of the land of Egypt, then gave us all these victories, you know, Maybe he could help us again. And they would call upon the name of the Lord. And you see that all throughout the judges. And they called upon the name of the Lord. And he raised up a judge. And in that time, it was the, the story of, of, uh, of Deborah. And in Judges 4, 2, 2 through 4, 10, 15, and 17. I'm just going to skim through that story. So it says that the Lord turned over to uh, Israel to the king of uh, J King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harosheth Hagoyim. So this guy Sisera, 
probably had issues um, because he was named like a girl. But Sisera, who had 19, 900 iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Right? Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. In verse 10, at Kadesh, Barak called together tribes of Zebulon and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him. Deborah also went with him. When Barak attacked, verse 15, the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. Sisera, Sisera leaped down from his chariot and escaped on foot. That's a smart move. Um, then Barak chased the, the chariots and the enemy's army all the way to Harash, Hagoyim, killing all of Sisera's warriors. Not a single of them was left alive. Meanwhile, Sisera rented a tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite, because Heber's family was on friendly terms with the King Jabin of Hazor. So, you know, it's an amazing story where they, Israel calls out unto the Lord, you know, because King Jabin and Sisera, they were oppressing them. So they called out, and the Deborah was a judge at that time, and she called him Barak and says, you know, God is going to bless you. God is going to use you to set, you know, to liberate the people. And he told her, well, I'll only go if you go with me. Because he wasn't, you know, he was like, I don't know. So she said, okay, but because you did that, you know, this victory of this battle is going to be given to the woman, to, another, to a woman. You know, everyone's going to look at this thing and say, oh, praise God, we have victory on, by the hands of a woman. That was Jael. She was a, an amazing uh, woman who uh, killed this, this uh, mighty warrior. You know, it's amazing how, you know, 10,000 men against 900 chariots, you know, they had an advantage with chariots there. But it says that when they went out with war with them, that they were confused. Right? And they, and they started losing. And then this guy gets out of his chariot and runs out on foot. I don't know the kind of terrain. So, you know, I'm, um, I may be speaking a little bit um, out of turn. But anyway, if I were running from people chasing me and I was on a chariot, I probably wouldn't get out of the chariot and try to run on foot. Right? That kind of makes sense. You know, but this, um, this army is defeated. You know, it's a, it's a great battle. God gives a great victory to Israel at that time. Their oppressors are done. And... Um, the cursing of Meroz, it says in Judges 5, 23 to 24, let the people of Meroz, when they're, you know, then uh, Deborah is, is singing a song of victory over the whole, um, the whole thing. And then in the middle of it, it's thrown in, let the people of Meroz be cursed, said the angel of the Lord. Let them be utterly cursed because they did not come to the help of the Lord. The help, the um, to help the Lord against the mighty warriors. Most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. May she be blessed above all women who lives in tents. You now Jael, you know, when this guy came to her house, she said, come in, lay down, rest. And he was thirsty, he said, give me water. He, she gave him warm milk. And when he fell asleep, she drove a tent peg through her temple, through his temple, you know? So, um, and thereby bringing victory to, to uh, Israel. So just so you know, a little pause here, you know, um, God values women, right? God, from the beginning through time, he has always valued women, amen? So this, this whole idea of religious that, you know, oh, Christians oppress women or anything like that, is not true. Men may, but God doesn't, amen? Because there's value in women and there's power. If you stand up, hallelujah, if you stand up, lady, tonight, there's something going on in your life. If you take a stand, Against the enemy, with the Lord's help, he's going to give you victory in every single area of your life. You know, ever watch, I thank God for my wife. Praise God. You know, 
And um, I've just seen so many times where it's like, um, we need a miracle. We need a victory. We need something. We need God to come through. You know, and she stands up, right? She stands up and she fights. Oh, man, she ain't going to let the devil run in our house. No way. Amen. She fights alongside me. And no matter who you are, if you're a, a young person right here tonight, no matter who you are, if you call upon the name of the Lord, amen, he will be there for you. And he will give you victory when there seems to be like absolutely no chance of victory at all. Hallelujah. So Mayraz, they were cursed because it says that he, they didn't help the Lord. Was, did the Lord actually need help? No, his people. When, you know, um, it's, a, it's, it's saying because they did not help the people of God, they didn't help God. What does the Bible say? When you give to the poor, you are lending to God, right? So if you belong to God and somebody messes with you, they're not messing with you. God sees it at there's, they're messing with him. Amen? Because God is a personal God. He's a God with us. Emmanuel, he's with us. Hallelujah. So um, God's method is people. And Mayraz, even though they heard of the battle, they did not come to their, to, their, to their aid. There is no neutral ground is what we're talking about. There is no neutral ground in the kingdom of God. If, you, if there's something that needs to be done for the Lord and you're not doing it, there's no, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to witness. I'm a believer. You know, I like to go to church and do my thing on, you know, Sunday morning or Wednesday night, whenever it is. But, you know, I really don't want to get involved because that's not my thing. My calling is, okay. I don't think that's uh, 100% true, right? We're called to be one. We're called to be the people of God. Hallelujah. So God's method is people. And he uses you and me to do his works on the earth, right? If you see somebody who's sick, pray for them. Well, what if nothing happens? Well, you pray for them, right? You pray for them. You use your faith. You step out. You tell people about Jesus. What if they don't get saved? But you are planting a seed. You are planting a seed and you are giving hope. And a lot of times, you know, um, you're going to walk by somebody Years from now, you're going to say, whoa, hey, didn't I? I'm like, yeah, remember that time that you told me about Jesus? Yeah, I, I blew it off, but I couldn't get that off my mind, right? I couldn't get that. Or later on, when I was really, tr really in trouble, like, whoa, wait a minute. What about this Jesus that person told me about? Amen? You're planting seeds. So um, in Nahum 1.3 says that um, the Lord is slow to anger. Slow to anger and great in power, and he will not acquit the wicked. The Lord has, has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. So God can do a miracle with little. It doesn't matter what is going on. It doesn't matter what you need. It doesn't matter what, what is oppressing you right now. If you call upon the name of the Lord, if you make him the Lord of your life, he's going to help you. Amen? And you're going to have victory over any, any enemy in your life. Right? Especially the devil. He's the one who's come, especially the devil. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. But God has come to give us life and life everlasting. Amen? We're not supposed to accept everything that he brings into our lives or try to encroach on us. We're not supposed to accept that. We're supposed to be living in victory, from victory to victory to victory. Hallelujah. And that means you're always fighting battles, but the Lord is always going to give you victory. Amen? There's a time where he's going to come back and he's going to quench all the battles that we are fighting. All of our enemies will be throw down and cast down and we're going to be reigning supreme with him hallelujah that's what god has called us to be king priest unto himself glory to god so god can do miracles with the little that you have if you bring it to him 
Amen? Our affections, our actions affect whether we are blessed or cursed. The people of Meraz did not help the people of the, the Lord in battle, as it says. And it's a picture of the demonic we fight. You know, the myth of neutrality and the sin of being uncommitted. Oh, I don't want to do that. You know, something else might come up. Something else might come up. Hey, man, can you help me? Um, whatever. Hey, lady, you want to help with, you know, children's ministry once a month? Oh, no. You know, something else might come up. You know, you do that at work. Hey, you're going to come to work today? No, something else might come up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let us sink in a little bit. So if we don't wage spiritual war against the enemy of our souls, no one else will, right? The angels cannot preach the gospel. Um, your coworkers cannot, your neighbors, the people you know, they're all our responsibility. The people who are that we know, they're our responsibility. You know, and what, what keeps us from being uncommitted a lot of times? It's the inability to be under authority. Like, I don't wanna listen to him. No, he's a man. I, I serve God. God is my authority. Amen. So letting perception affect us. You know, Matthew 6, 4 says, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. You know, if you don't honor somebody, you will never be able to receive from them. If the brother who's going to pray for you, you know, you come up here and somebody comes for me, oh, because it's not Dr. Morocco, it's not Pastor Daniel, no, I want Pastor Daniel to come pray for me. You're never going to receive anything from anybody, right? Because you must honor somebody in order to receive from them, right? So Jesus went to that place and he wasn't able to heal anybody, but a few miracles there because they did not... They did not have faith in him. They did not honor him. Man, if it was hard for Jesus, imagine for Minister Gill. Praise God. But God is able. Amen. I'm not here telling you about myself or anybody like that. But you honor the, the man of God, the woman of God, no matter who they are. Whether it's, you know, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen, Pastor Kirsten, no matter who it is, you know, that comes. If they're going to pray for you, you honor them and you receive from that. Because the kingdom of God is expanded through our hands, every single one of our hands. Every single one of us here can um, do the things that these great men and women, women of God did in the Bible. If we believe and we seek the Lord, He's going to do it in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, if you don't honor, you're not going to receive. Being faithless. You know, Colossians 2.8 says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, empty deceit, according to the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. Um, if you don't believe in the Lord, you know, if you have all these other ideas, well, I read this book that says this, or, you know, somebody was telling me about this idea. I like that better. So I kind of like to take everything together just in case one is wrong. No, you need to reject what needs to be rejected and accept the Lord, right? The Lord is one. There is no other God. There is no other way that you can be saved. You know, you can do all the good things you think you're doing, but God did not come to make good people or bad people good, right? He made, came to make uh, dead people alive. When we believe on Jesus, we make him Lord of our lives. Amen. He's going to empower you. He's going to bless you. He's going to give you life. Hallelujah. Um, not wanting to change. Oh, I don't want to change. I don't want to talk to people because I'm an introvert, and that's how I is, and I'm not going to talk to people. Um, yeah, I used to be an introvert. 
I used to not like talking to people. I used to be afraid of public speaking and all that. But praise God, God is helping me. I'm not stumbling so much anymore. And, um, you know, if God did it for me, he can do it for you. I used to love, like, being alone with nobody to bother me. And I didn't have to care about anybody else's, you know, what they wanted to do. I just did what I wanted to do. That was lovely and selfish, right? So if you're in that boat right now, repent. Amen? Because God is so much greater. Now I don't, you know, it's like, if I don't have people around, it's like, well, what do I do? You know, praise God. Let's pray. Right? Dr. Morocco says, you don't have, ever have to waste time because you can always pray. Hallelujah. So there's a little nugget for you. So um, now why didn't you change? If you don't want to change, well, too bad. Because God wants to change you. He wants to make you who you are from who you are to whom he wants you to be. Amen. And a lot of times you're going to have to give up everything or a lot of things that is in you. Those things that you hold dear, those ideas, those philosophies, the tradition, tradition of man, right? The things that we like to do so much. No, summer we fish and that's it, right? Well, maybe that needs to change a little bit. You all enjoy it down there in the casino. I'm not talking about you. Hallelujah. But um, we need to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. You know, some of us, the Lord is going to speak to us and say, you know what, you need to stop eating sugar. Some of you use coffee or whatever it is. You know, you must give up. And obviously the sins that the Bible lists, lists you got to give up. Amen. So overcoming being uncommitted. What areas are you uncommitted in? Ask yourself, what areas am I uncommitted in? What areas am I not unwilling to lock in and say, okay, I'm here for the long haul? Or even if it's a one month, one month time, what areas are you doing that? You know, check out your relationships. Do you follow through? Do you tell people, hey, um, I'm going to be there at 1030. And you show up at 12, like, well, I, didn't, I wasn't really sure if you're still going to be there. So, well, anyway. Your job, do you do your best or are you a loafer? Are you letting everybody else pull the weight and you just kind of do a little bit here to stay kind of in the mix? Or are you working as unto the Lord, as the Bible says? You know, praise the Lord. So commit yourself to the work of the Lord. Psalm 37, 4 and 5 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Be committed to the local church. Be committed here. Hallelujah. Be committed to growing and moving forward. God doesn't want you to be in the same place that you are right now 20 years from now. Right? Imagine if a child, if we looked at a baby and, you know, like 20 years you come back and the baby looks the same. Is that normal? No, it's not normal. You know, there's deficiency there, maybe nutritional, mental, um, all kinds of stuff. So if you're right now, 20 years from now, the same as you are right now, you know, there's something wrong, but that can change tonight. Amen? Ja that can change tonight. If you take a step of faith, say, Lord, be Lord of my life. He's going to start asking you to do things that are un um, uncomfortable. 
like, you know, talking to one other person at first, and then, you know, two other persons. And as you learn to accept the responsibility of the Lord, he anoints you. And then you're moving in the anointing of the Lord. There's like, and then you're unstoppable. And then you want to talk to five people. And then you want to talk to 10 people. And then you have no problem being in a room full of people because God is with you and you're not alone. Yeah. Amen. And as pastor says, you can charge hell with a water pistol because you know that God is with you. Hallelujah. Um, conclusion. Praise God. Take a stand for the Lord. Outside of God, there's nothing else. Literally. We read in Isaiah 66, he created the heavens and the earth and everything belongs to him. You think that your philosophy, that your ideas about how the world came to be, you think that's going to change who God is? You think that the, the infrastructure that we have of the great United States of America is going to change who God is? Yeah. That he's going to come back one day and he's going to tell you, what have you done with what you have been given? Nothing is going to change who God is. And outside of God, there is absolutely nothing. Amen. Absolutely nothing worth living for. Well, but what about the joys, the pleasures, the things that we do, the things that we like? If it gets in the way of you being in communion with God, get rid of it. Because God wants to use you in a great way. If you have friends that are pulling you away from being in the path of the Lord, get rid of them. Because nothing is worth hell. Nothing is worth that. And that is separation from God. Jesus said, don't worry about what people think. Worry about the one who can not, not only, or don't worry about what people think and take your life, but worry about the one that not only can take your life, but throw you in hell. That is, those are the words of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. God is awesome. Revelations 3, 15 and 18 says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you from my mouth. Because you say, I'm rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich and... Um, that you... Um, Oh, well, that you may be rich and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. You. Hallelujah. So God has the solution for everything that we, for all the issues that we have. He has the solution and it's already in place. And the name of that solution is Jesus Christ. Amen. It begins with us coming in. So how do you do that? No, how do you do that? How do you change from being uncommitted to moving to the place that the Lord has called you to be? You know, how do you do that? The first step is for you to um, accept the Lord, right? Um, like I said earlier, you might not want to go preaching on the streets or stealing the megaphone at a supermarket and preaching the gospel that way. But if you do, more power to you. Amen? Because people need to hear about Jesus. But begin right here. Begin with us. Amen? Um, keepers of the house. We have ministries, all these ministries that are all, always looking for people that can help. You know, Brother Hank Hergloss is, is helping lead that. You know, where the ushers, the, the setup, the maintenance, all these kinds of ministries that you can begin being plugged in. 
right? You don't have to be alone. You don't have to be, you know, the lone ranger in the kingdom of God. Start doing something for the Lord today. Children's ministry, Pastor Kirsten, Minister Micah. You know, there's going to be a background check, so if you're not going to pass, uh, think about it. Um, but help, do something once a week or once a, once a month. You know, shoot, start once a year. Praise God. Media, youth, Minister uh, Mike Sisson, you know, visitation. Pastor Vince will actually train you on how to witness if you don't know how to witness. If you don't know how to talk to somebody, he'll teach you, right? And pray for people. Man, it's amazing. When you look at somebody who um, is lost, is hope, and you come up with them, and you talk with them, you give them a word of encouragement, and you pray for them, and then God shows you something about them, and you tell them, and they're like, whoa, it is amazing. How many people need a word of encouragement? The person sitting next to you, you know, who knows? Pray for them. Do something for the Lord. Worship. You know, if you think you should be on a TV show, you come talk to Pastor Alex. He can help you. Hallelujah. It all begins with a yes for Jesus. If you don't know what to do, if you're wondering about what to do, if you want to change, if you don't want your life to be the same as it always has been, it begins with a yes for Jesus. Because outside of Jesus, there is no hope. Outside of Jesus, there is no life. And when he comes back, He's returning soon. He's going to take those that have made themselves, um, who have heard the call and accepted it. You can say today, oh, not today. You know, I still got a few things that I need to straighten out in my life. I still got a, you know, a habit I like to do or um, things that I like to see. Whatever it may be, it is not worth spending eternity in hell for it. Away from the God. He's here tonight. Holy Spirit is here tonight. And he wants to bless you. He wants to restore your life. And it all begins with a yes for Jesus. And then you look for one of the people I said, one of our ministries. Hey, how do I sign up? How do I get involved? You know, in our iDesk, how do I get involved? Why do you want to do that? Because when you love, you give of yourself. You give of your time. And as you give of yourself, as you give of your time, you start growing. You start knowing what it's like to be um, in the presence of God. And he starts showing up and sending you angelic help. And Holy Spirit starts witnessing alongside of you. What does that look like? Your friend has a headache, you pray for them, boom, the headache is gone. Dude, can you believe it? Their shoulders hurt, you pray for them. Oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. Whoa, what is that all about? It's Jesus, man. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. And the joy and peace and righteousness is in the kingdom of the Lord. So I want to invite you today, let's all stand, bow your heads. If you need to make a decision in your life today, if you hear the word, us talking about the Lord, and you say, man, I need to make God, I need to make Jesus Lord of my life. I want to invite you to um, lift up your hands. If you want to recommit your life to the Lord and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, come into my life. Let me see your hands. One, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Only in God can, are you going to have peace. Only in Jesus are you going to have joy. Outside of him, there's nothing like that. There's what we see now in the world. Going to hell in a handbasket.
quite literally. Outside of Jesus, there's no hope. Hallelujah. If you lifted your hand, I want you to come up here. We're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Come on up. Don't be afraid. When Jesus hung on the cross, he was naked and bruised and bleeding. And he did it. Come up here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Come on up. Don't be ashamed. Jesus loves you. He has the best for you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Pray with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Come into my life. Heal me. Cleanse me. Forgive me of all my sins. Be the Lord of my life. I love you. Help me live for you. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you, Lord, for these that have made a decision, Lord, to serve you. I pray your blessing upon him, oh God, that you would touch him, that you would strengthen him, Lord, that you would heal, Lord, every wound, God, and that you would open doors, that you would open a way, God, that they would leave this place and want to seek you and read your word and talk to you, God, and you're going to talk to them. And you're going to make them, Lord, king, priest unto you. Queen priest unto you, Lord. Because to you, you came to restore us. I give you thanks for their lives, Lord. Bless them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you guys can get in front. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Hallelujah.